Welcome to the Leadership Conversations podcast. I'm your host, Jono White. I'm the founder and principal consultant of Clarity. We are an Australian-based consultancy that works with leaders around the world, and our passion is to invest in people to become everything they're meant to be in order to fill the world with healthy organizations that people love to work for and customers line up to buy from. The goal of this podcast is to invest in you and your leadership. If you're just joining us for the first time, then feel free to check out consultclarity.org. That's our website, consultclarity.org. We have so many free resources on there. The most popular being our seven questions on leadership series. We've had more than 1,500 leaders from around the world in all different sectors give their in-depth answers on leadership, what books they love, what they found most challenging, uh, the most meaningful stories, how they how they structure their time through the day. That's free, so go and check it out. And we'd love to interview you about your leadership. I believe you have advice from your experience, your context, and your life so far that is important and can help other leaders. It's also a great way to give back. It's free to get involved, and you can do so by going to consultclarity.org forward slash seven dash questions dash interest, or just Google consultclarity.org seven questions interest and fill out the form that pops up. We have a free resource for you on our website. It's called Leadership Survival Guide. It's a 57-page ebook. It has interviews with 10 world-class leaders, and you can go to consultclarity.org. It's right at the top and get that today. Uh, we also have a daily email that we send out to over 15,000 leaders, and that email contains the highlights, our best content from our podcasts, our blog, uh, my book, uh, the books that we're loving that are out there about leadership, it's also the best way to get access to our masterclasses and workshops before anyone else. And there's also exclusive and limited uh, special options just for subscribers. And you can subscribe by going to consultclarity.org forward slash subscribe. Now, my gift to you is to work incredibly hard to provide the best leadership content I can to invest in you and your leadership. So if you're finding our content helpful, if you find this podcast helpful, then your gift to me uh, could be this. If you, if you do find it helpful, then write a review or rate our content and make sure you subscribe or follow. I can't emphasize enough how helpful that is. It really does help us to get the word out there so we can invest in more leaders to become everything they're meant to be. It also means a lot to me personally when people like you and people in our community share our content on social media. So if you do that, then please do look for me, Jono White, to tag me and look to tag Clarity uh, on whatever platform you're on. And our team, including me, I, I'm always looking to see when people have mentioned us so that I can engage with you. And also we look at sharing content. So if you if you write something about something we've done, there's also a good chance we'll share that with our followers. So if you could do that, that is a massive, massive help as we try to invest in as many leaders as we can around the world. Last of all, you can check out my book about how to deal with difficult people even if you hate conflict. It's called Step Up or Step Out. It's available on Amazon. You can just look up Step Up or Step Out John O. White, or you can go to store.consultclarity.org forward slash book and check it out there. I 
have coached leader after leader after leader, and in more than 50% of the sessions, this topic comes up. How do I deal with this person? I'm finding it really difficult, and, and I just want to find a way that doesn't blow up to do a really, just to have a difficult conversation, to lead them better. How do I do that? There's a three-step process that I outline in this book that I believe can help you. Okay, let's get into today's episode of the Leadership Conversations podcast. Enjoy. Welcome to another episode of the Leadership Conversations podcast. Today's guest is Kevin Wilde. Kevin is the Executive Leadership Fellow at the University of Minnesota, Carlson School of Management. Uh, And that's where he currently serves and teaches leadership in the Executive MBA program, also researches contemporary leadership and coachability, which we're going to chat about today. His prior experience includes 34 years of corporate executive development roles at General Electric and General Mills. He's been recognized as Chief Learning Officer of the Year in 2007 and continues to see himself as a student of the game of leadership. Welcome, Kevin. Hi. <laughs> it's so good to chat and uh, just just reading 34 years of, uh, of corporate executive development roles and I love the focus of, of what you're doing um, in your current work and I think it's going to be, yeah, I'm, I'm personally really excited to chat with you and learn from you today. Uh, first, for listeners, can you give everyone a bit of a window into Kevin's world, uh, you know, right now with with what you're currently doing and what a day in the life of Kevin looks like in your current role in 2022? Well, great, great question. And, and obviously for all of us, <laughs> we have good days and we have challenging days given what's going on. But uh, of the passions and delights in my world right now is uh, – I enjoy working with developing leaders, uh, both teaching and coaching. Uh, I enjoy, I still consider myself a student of the game of leadership. So I'm looking forward to our conversation as a way of comparing notes. Um, And I also like going on adventures. So in fact, I'm getting on a plane tomorrow morning, little adventure, Uh, it's hard to do international travel, but I'll be going down to Arkansas with some hiking friends. We're gonna hike the uh, um, Hot Springs National Park, but my passion on hiking is the Grand Canyon. And typically I'm wow. crossing the canyon a couple times a year. It's a fun little place to go. And certainly where you live, lots of great hiking as well. Yeah. Oh, that's incredible. Oh, fantastic. And my uh, my previous um, episode that I just recorded uh, earlier today, it's interesting. I was chatting, I was chatting with... Um, uh, with Bridget and she had just come from hiking. <laughs> so I think, uh, mm-hmm. there's, there's a bit of a, there's a bit of a theme, but yeah, beautiful hiking spots here and hiking the Grand Canyon that definitely, I think I need to add that to my bucket list. My bucket list sounds amazing. It's, uh, both, both a place to get away from craziness, but also a place to uh, think about things. So yeah, it's, it's a, there, there's a rock uh, general, literally at the bottom of the Grand Canyon every year, I look for it and I sit on it and mm. it's my five minutes of just my happy place. Uh, <laughs> and I think certainly nowadays, all of us with the craziness and uh, what's going on, we got to find that happy place. So that's, that's personally mine, but you know, obviously we can talk about rocks here, but I know you want to talk about leadership. <laughs> Yeah, good, uh, good segue. I do. And I'd love to hear some of your story. I know listeners would love to know. Um, I, I always love hearing the stories of, of those moments along the way that really shaped people like yourself, Kevin, to become who you are and become passionate about the things 
that you really have invested and continue to invest in your life, uh, you can invest your life in. So um, feel free to tell us as far back as you want some of the story of, of how you became the person and the leader you are today. Well, I'll, I'll start with the third grade to go way back uh, when the teacher pulled my mother aside and said, Kevin is not going to make it out of the third grade this year. I was a horrible student. I have to admit, early academics were not that impressive. And just there was a day when I was in, 16 years old. Uh, I, was in, I was in a business club and they had a weekend workshop uh, and it was about leadership. I'd never heard of this topic before, and uh, I, I just became uh, just stunned with interest on this notion about you know how teams come together and the importance of leadership. And as I firmly now believe that everybody has leadership moments to prepare and step into. Um, and I, that day, one, I just fell in love with that topic of leaders and what a positive difference they can make. But then also looking up at the facilitator saying, gee, I wonder if you get paid for that job. I'd like to do that. Uh, and I've had a very fortunate both corporate career and now teaching to to do that work. So that, that that's kind of a snippet uh, back to, in fact, if, if I could ever find my third grade teacher, I think she would laugh that Kevin became the chief learning officer of the year, Kevin, uh, the poor slow start I had. So there's hope for all of us. There's hope for all of us. Yeah, I always enjoy hearing <laughs> hearing stories like that. That is fantastic. Kevin in grade three versus Kevin, uh, chief learning officer of the year in 07. Uh, that's such a, a good reminder that yeah, not to uh, not to just focus on on where we are, or where we've been, and say, well, that's that's where my limit is. Um, what about your corporate career? Uh, are there any moments in? I know there's there's probably a lot to pick from because, like we mentioned in the bio, thirty four years in different roles, Kevin. But um, any any moments that really stand out as pivotal for shaping you as a leader? Well, well, certainly uh, back to my general electric days, I had 17 years, um, a lot of different divisions and corporate. I had a chance to work at their leadership training center. Uh, and that was a real highlight. And actually, I, I had the CEO at the time, Jack Welch, as a teaching faculty. So he would helicopter into the New York uh, training center called Crotonville. Um, the security guards didn't really want to pick him up. So I would actually drive out to the helicopter pad, have five minutes alone with Jack, really at his prime. The company was doing great. Um, you know, he was really talking about leadership at the time, and it was a real treat to have him both, you know, chat a little bit in the car on what's going on, but see him for a number of hours passionate about passing on what he knows about leadership to raise the next generation. Um, so a lot of great lessons there. Uh, I literally have, Jack was, this is way, this is pre-internet days. Uh, <laughs> I literally have a handwritten note from Jack after a class. It went well, and he was known for on Sunday nights writing little notes and then giving them to his secretary Monday morning to fax to people. So I literally have a fax from Jack saying, good class and those sort of things. So, you know, wow. back to the, um, you know, your audience, I mean, back to the, you know, number one, Kevin is a third grader versus now, you never know someone's potential. And I think for a leader, as you look at the team and who's working for you, it's easy to coach the stars and you should do that. But right. I think sometimes it's the people that might, you know, be the late bloomer that you should invest in as well. So that, that would be my, third grade story. And I think on the Jack thing that, you know, just paying a little more attention and I, I you know, email's great, but there's nothing like a little uh, handwritten note from a leader just to say, Hey, this went well, or I appreciate your hard work. And those are simple things to do, but I literally, I'm looking at my Jack Welch note up on my, uh, on my wall <laughs> right now. So little oh, G story nice. there. Uh, and then uh, the chance to uh, take what I learned at one company 
uh, move to uh, a consumer food company, global food company, General mm. uh, Electro, excuse me, General Mills, and try to build a, a training practice there. And there were some good GE lessons I could bring. And there were other things I had to leave at the door. It's like, no, that's not relevant here. We've got to invent something new. And just, just had a wonderful time with that team uh, and building a, a global leadership training center. And, and uh, there are times, uh, General, where, you know, I, I was working with CEOs and top teams and it was going well. And I remember doing some things around the world saying, well, I'm not sure this translates well. There's some things I need to learn <laughs> about the culture of leadership in different places. So back to the continuing to learn, uh, it is a big world. And well, I, I think the, um, the what of leadership is relatively universal. I think how you do it can change around the world as well. Yeah, I like so that. Couple, the what couple, of, couple what of leadership bit, uh, is universal. Had a good time. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's fantastic. If we think about your time at General Electric and at um, General Mills, uh, are there any moments where you saw leaders, Jack Welch maybe, but could be other leaders, do things, lead in a way, handle situations that, were particularly uh, positive. So you just remember going, you just remember thinking, I'm, I'm never going to forget that moment. And because of how a leader who was leading you or a colleague handled a situation? Well, I think just going from general electric, you know, very hard driving, um, you know, I'd call it an in your face uh, kind of culture, you know, mm. conflict oriented, but we're going to leave as friends to a very congenial Midwest uh, America, let's be polite with each other, General uh, Mills, and making some cultural errors early on to try to, you know, help out their leadership in that environment. And I remember my manager was, you know, that the head of HR was very patient with me and very supportive and, you know, ultimately, you know, started uh, having an impact on things. But I just always remember that sponsorship uh, from a guy named Mike Peel. He's since mm-hmm. retired, but we stay in touch. But I think... Um, I appreciate that. The other thing is one thing I did bring from place one to place two is that just that passion for leaders teaching leaders. So as much as yes. you know, I love consultants and professors and, and you know authors to teach leadership, there's nothing like having your own leaders do a little either a guest lecturing or a little something. And I remember mm. one in particular at the time, the CEO was Steve Sanger. He's since retired. Great guy. Mm-hmm. Um, and we were, we were doing a module on ethics. Mm. And as you're asking me, I said, all right, so Steve, tell us, you know, this is a, you know, it was a leadership course. So tell us about an ethical situation. And he told a story about uh, negotiating something. He was young in his career. And the other, the, the other side, the other party was on, on the phone. So they were on speaker phones doing this. And at one point uh, they were talking about pricing and, and they just said, let, let, let's go on mute and, and let's give us five minutes here. And uh, Steve and his manager put their side of the speakerphone on mute. The other side forgot to mm. and started talking about price. And Steve and his manager could hear it. And he said within a nanosecond, his boss took the mute off and said, guys, you are not on mute. Mm. And there are two things about that story I really appreciate. Uh, one was just the role modeling of Steve's leader at the time, which could have taken advantage of that faux pas. But didn't yeah. right. Yeah. The other thing was we had we had one of one or two of Steve's um, direct reports in the room, and they said, "Steve, you've never told us that story before. That's amazing." <laughs> and again, back back to the we've had so many great experiences in our lives. Sometimes we don't pass on the stories, mm. and I just appreciate both you know Steve taking the time, uh, telling a story, and then that notion about you know we we all can pass things along. And those are just some of the highlights from back from the Jack Welch days to my 
my uh, uh, HR manager to uh, the CEO, Steve, talking about uh, your phone's <laughs> on, not on mute. Yeah, I like that. And it's the little things, isn't it? And it's I, I, what I love about those stories is stopping for a moment and pointing out um, and rem- just for people to realize that that story is being told now. Like not only did it stick with Steve, mm-hmm. Steve shared it with you and now you, it's like the small moments of of staying true to your values and actually uh, being courageous, which might only feel small, they can have such a, a legacy and really help to shape people like how Steve's boss uh, remembered that. It does. It does. And something that's been called the shadow of leadership. We, we all cast mm-hmm. a larger shadow than we think. And that notion about, you know, in times of stress or, you know, unguarded moments, um, to really have something positive to contribute. And I just love leaders and storytelling. And I try to bring that into my training. And I love having guest speakers at my university classes uh, yes. as well. Yeah, fantastic. Uh, what about the other side of, of leadership? Are there any moments we've all had where, uh, and I think sometimes they can even be more formative, particularly when in terms of that shadow or another way I've heard it talked about is, is the wake of leadership, thinking about a boat and the wake it leaves mm. behind. And, <laughs> and uh, sometimes when we're the one that really gets um, caught up in the, you know, tumultuous wake of, of, of what we look at and think that's poor leadership and we go, that's something I will never do. And I, I, I've experienced that. It's been painful and I, I will never lead like that. I'll never make people feel like that. Are there any moments like that from your career that, watching on seeing from afar being part of something where you went this is something that that's that i'm really that sort of shaped you from the other perspective there is i completely agree that sometimes we 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 resonate more with what not to do and so even a bad boss can be a good teaching example but you don't want to have a lot of them in your career and certainly you know we've got too many of those going around now so we need to do what you're doing you know building positive leaders and positive organizations um let me kind of summarize my experience with, with, with something I did at my General Mills days. So one thing that would happen as the chief talent guy is I would meet with uh, the senior team, the CEO and senior team once a year to talk about our talent, our top 500 leaders, all directors and officers worldwide, who's doing well, who's ready for promotion and those sort of things. And it was a strong team. We had a great pipeline and we we're all proud of that. But I started studying the dark side. And one thing I noticed over time is not every leader made it. And we did have um, some, some managers that we terminated. We said, hey, you know, uh, we, we love you, believed in you, put you in a stretch assignment. And for some reason, you got over your head, you can't recover. And I started studying what, what's called derailment, which mm. is basically, you know, bad leadership, right? Yeah, yeah. And I was very nervous to present that, uh, Jonah. But I, I brought it and I said, you know, we got to work both sides of this. So let's talk about positive role models. Let's talk about uh, competency models and how we want to grow. But let's... Let's try to avoid this other thing, but let's talk about it. And over time, there were a number of case studies that I could bring in to say, no, this didn't work well. And I would do a postmortem. So I would interview their manager. I would look at their uh, personnel file. And uh, one thing I brought in to that first meeting uh, is something I've, I've been studying ever since. And it is the topic of coachability. And one thing that uh, I saw in the record that was very consistent with these bad leaders, derailed leaders, is the last time they had uh, a 360 survey. In other words, a rating from, uh, we would do these uh, fairly common uh, yeah. in, in the world that you know you get a survey from your manager, your direct reports, your peers, and it would rate you on leadership behaviors. Mm-hmm. There was one, there was one question consistently, the bad bosses, the drill leaders scored significantly lower. And it is the following. 
does this leader seek and respond to feedback? The derailed leaders were 36% lower on that specific question across the board. Wow. And that led me to say, you know, what's probably happening here is a blind spot because they Mm. weren't looking for input. They weren't looking for advice. They were just kind of off on their own doing things. And that blind spot mattered. Now, admittedly, we all have blind spots, right? Mm. But these really mattered at the moment and caused a career derailment. Um, And so that led me to, well, what causes that? And then is there an upside to what I now call coachability. So um, I would go from, you know, studying derailment and bad bosses and you don't want that to why is it that people lose their sense of coachability, which can get in the way of being a good leader. So in looking at the the research we did on drill leaders, one thing was clear was that one question uh, that separated the high performing leaders we had in the organization from those that drilled. And it was this question on the 360. Does the leader seek and respond to feedback? In other words, is this leader coachable? And what we found is the derailed leaders, those bad bosses, um, had lost their coachability. No interest in getting input, no response when someone is giving them feedback. Uh, And that has now launched uh, over five years of work I've done on what is it that causes people to lose their coachability? Does it really matter? And what do you do to bring it back? And that... That is my current focus on leadership, and it's one that we don't spend a lot of time on. We spend a lot of time on leadership models and training and whatnot, um, but we never ask leaders, hey, how coachable are you? How teachable are you? Mm. And how do you bring back the practice that my research would show you once were? We all were more coachable early in our lives, early in our, our, our leadership careers, and we kind of drift away from it. we got to bring it back. Yeah, I think that's, I think it's really profound. Definitely from my experience working with leaders, I hear, I hear that and I just go, oh, that's so true. That is, that is something that when I struggle to work with a leader, I think you hit the nail on the head when it's something that um, someone repeatedly keeps running into the same things or things aren't getting better. I, I can see how it's, it, it's a lack of um, coachability and taking feedback on board. It, it is, uh, again, it, it sort of slips away, and I've, I've come to identify a number of factors that causes uh, both internally as well as the environment. I mean, I'll give you an example. Mm. Um, you know, once, once you're a formal leader, you have a little bit of power over other people, mm. and they start filtering what they tell you. And sometimes you only hear the good news. You don't hear the other side, and we can get lulled in the sense of everything's fine. Uh, the flip of that is the notion about I've arrived or the false finish line. That mm. once I've been promoted, like, hey, I'm promoted because of my capabilities or my achievements. Why would I want input from these other people? Or a version of that, which is the tough one to crack, is, mm. you know, I'll take coaching, but only from people I consider worthy, people that, um, you know, know more than I do or I respect their opinion. Sometimes that gets a, to be a very narrow set of people. And again, yeah. blind spots emerge we can get in trouble. So I just love bringing up this topic about, you know, for anyone on your podcast, it's great uh, to learn about leadership and hear these great stories. But part of it is, you know, are are you a coachable leader? Do you do the things that um, put you in the position of what I call the learning zone? Mm. It's, I know it's a, I, I think it's really important and I can see why you are investing so much time, um, energy and so much of your life into this, Kevin, because I think it's, I think it's a profound differentiator. 
obviously we don't have um, all the all the time to to explore the depths of it. But for leaders out there who you know might have just pulled over somewhere and gone, this is what I need to hear. You know, in in a bit of a snapshot, what's can you give a bit of a high level overview of what what it looks like to uh, I guess to be a coachable leader or to become more coachable what, what advice would you give I know I'm asking you to take a big topic <laughs> and uh, and just give us a, a taste of it but um, what would be some of your yeah. thoughts for someone leaning in and and going oh, I, need, I need to hear this and and this is a topic that I continue to research and learn from so I'd love to you know hear your thoughts on this as well but that that well, I'd start with that notion about you know my definition a coachable leader is someone who you know values self-improvement and operates in their learning zone. And then they have specific, what I call coachability practices of seek, respond, uh, reflect, and act. And I'll just quickly cover that, that, that second point about learning zone. We did a study of um, 300 leaders, uh, how coachable other people saw them against confidence. And it was an interesting relationship. It was, it was, it was, a, it was a curving, I think they call it curvilinear, that if you had low confidence, you had low coachability. On the extreme side, if you had very high confidence, overconfidence, you also had low coachability. <laughs> the sweet spot was in the middle, that learning zone. So one tip I'd pass along is to have leaders have you think about, when, when have I operated in my learning zone and what pulls me out of it? Mm-hmm. And sometimes it is because I'm overconfident, you know, I need a little bit of humility here, uh, you know, and often I find that having a trusted advisor, a coach, a truth teller can put you back into that learning zone where enough confidence, but you're curious and open. On the other side, there are times that we feel threatened or we don't have confidence to even hear the message. And so part of it is how do I build up that that curious, confident mindset to, again, put me in that learning zone to be coachable. So being in the learning zone, knowing about it. And I always challenge people like, how could you be 10% more in the learning zone? 10%, what would it take? Uh, with the people you're working with, with circumstances and challenges, with your family and friends. Um, and they even ask, hey, are you seeing me in my learning zone or not? And try mm-hmm. to really broaden that time. So that's that's a tip on learning zone. What yeah, I, I, love, I love that. I love that idea that confidence, um, that if someone's too low in, in, in confidence, that they tended to be, they, they were seen as less uh, coachable. But if they were too too high in confidence, uh, then once again, there would be lower in coachability. But in the middle is this learning zone. Um, for me, I, I think something that's definitely uh, that I've experienced in terms of the learning zone is the how practical you can be about improving that. You know, when you say the 10% improvement, for me, I, I realized I, I love a few leadership um, principles and, and I really do tend to focus in. And, and, I, and I was, that's where I really got started getting passionate about leadership. But one thing that's helped me and definitely has um, just as a practice and a discipline has expanded my learning, my learning zone and how I, how I live in that place more uh, in what I do, I think has been exposing myself to more um, uh, to out of, outside of my echo chamber within leadership and really exposing myself mm-hmm. to more great mm-hmm. um, information. I know it sounds really simple, but I, that's something. So I just got really interested in listening to more podcasts, reading more books and the sort of things that I didn't necessarily agree with. And I found that has really 
just by doing that as a discipline, it's been like, boom, my, <laughs> my learning zone has really opened up and I've gone, maybe I was wrong about that. Um, which mm. for me, I found that quite difficult because once I love something, it becomes so precious to me. But I think there's the learning zone has definitely is definitely about holding it in an open hand and going, there's probably more to this than I can see. That I love that 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 curiosity, and again, even if you don't necessarily agree with everything or understand it, to willing to kind of go there uh, is a way of opening your eyes. And again, bring that you know fresh new student mindset we used to have. But mm. as life gets crazy and we, we feel confident what we're doing, we can we can drift out of it. So I love this notion about yeah, exposing yourself in books and podcasts and people. You know, the other thing I'll just add to the your listeners here about in mm. addition to the learning zone. I started studying, I, I interviewed 50 executive coaches, people like you. Yeah. Said, hey, when you had a client that's a highly coachable leader, what are they doing and saying? And then mm. what if you've got the opposite? Um, and then from that, we developed a little bit of a model. Uh, I did the deep dive academic research on all sorts of you know factors about humility, self-confidence, self-efficacy, emotional intelligence, et cetera. And then there, there are a the few things actually on coachability, but not much, not much. That's one of the reasons. So I put an instrument together. I have a little assessment. Uh, that if, if in a minute we'll talk about my website if people want to give it a try uh, to awesome. you know score themselves on their coachability I do have something out there yeah. but I found four practices but these are the things consistently put people in their learning zone the first one is seeking and and you're an example of doing that you were seeking new ideas you're seeking you know new, new situations or people and I find that highly coachable leaders have a practice they have a habit mm. of um, Getting input. And again, it could be just, you know, coffee with a trusted advisor to say, hey, how am I doing? Uh, what uh, what am I missing here? Or what should I be thinking more about? Um, the other one I, I learned how to do is at the end of a project or, or a classroom or anything, I would say, let me ask two questions. What did I do well here that I should do again? And what's one thing I could do differently that would be even better? And those two questions, did well, do again something that would be even better next time that I call mm. the two Q methods that any leader can do that. Uh, and in fact, when we end this podcast, I'd love to ask you, what did I do well? And what's one thing that would help <laughs> me be better as a, as a podcast, but th that's an example of the curiosity. And again, they, they saw so first thing, highly coachable leaders seek it. Right? right. The second thing is when it shows up, they respond in an open way. You know, mm -hmm. let's face it. Not, not all feedback is a gift that comes wrapped well. And sometimes <laughs> the present is kind of ugly. And you, what I've learned, what highly coachable leaders do is they separate, learning about the message from mm. judging it. And you know, you want to look at your website, John, you got great stuff on listening, mm. that practice about listening. Okay. I just want to listen to the message and, and capture all of it. I can judge it in a minute. Yeah. Uh, but I find that there's little voices that get in my way, little, 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 little voices in my head. One voice is you don't understand, right? <laughs> Somebody's telling me how I could get better. And I'm a little voice in the inside. Well, I don't understand. You know, now he's busy. He didn't sleep well, et cetera. And I was like, no little voice, be quiet. The other one is, who are you to tell me? <laughs> and that's the one highly coachable leaders can still that voice to say, I'm not going to judge the person. I'm going to assume positive intent. And there's yeah. always something to learn. Mm. And again, you, you can, so that's as you seek it in different ways, you respond well when it shows up and people start saying, Hey, you know, Joni's coachable. I'm going to pass on some tips. And then you reflect on it. You do enough thinking and that's where a coach can help you mm. to think about what does the message really mean? Where could I work it? And if it's of something of value, then finally, highly coachable act, uh, leaders, they can act. And it's always an experiment. What are some little things I can try to get better? So that's, 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 that, that's five years of research in five minutes. 
Yeah, that's uh, that's beautifully distilled. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. Those two questions are just dynamite to ask after anything, which is the, the way you phrase them is, is uh, I've heard the phrasing of that first question before, but the way you phrase the second question, I really love. Can you just say what those two questions are again? Two questions, you know, again, it's, it's the end of a performance or a project or a meeting to say, hey, I, I always like learning about things to just let me ask two questions. The first one, mm-hmm. what did I do well? I should do again. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's one thing I could do differently. That would be even better next time. Mm. That's I'm going to um, go and take them. Actually, it's really good timing having having uh, this part of the conversation because uh, just to be, I guess, to tell a real story from my life about implementing this in the real world <laughs> rather than just Jono who talks to really uh, mm-hmm. wise people. Um, I, one of the coaches uh, on my team I had uh, set up with the team to have sort of every single session after um, after you know they do a session with someone. There's a little survey that 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 pops up that asks these sort of questions, and it was sort of run of the mill. It was something that we wanted to do, and, and you you hit the nail on the head talking about listening because the biggest focus of this question in the coaching we do is around how well do we listen? Because I really believe that when it comes to a coach, that's a big differentiator. Uh, the best the best coaches are are excellent listeners. But then I realized <laughs> after I set this up and I was going, this is, this is so helpful. Uh, you know, my team members finding it really helpful. And then I realized, Jono, you, you're not doing this for yourself. <laughs> my, my sessions, cause I'm the mm. leader, like you said, there's no one telling me I should do that. And, and it was, it was mm-hmm. such a blind spot. It sounds so obvious. I had some feedback in place, but something I've just decided recently is wherever I have an interaction um, with someone, I want to be asking them. Uh, I, I love the net promoter score in terms of uh, asking about people's likelihood to recommend. That's that's something that I just really like as a general piece of feedback for me as a business owner. But I love those two questions you mentioned. They might be the answer I've been looking for about two follow-up questions. And I know they sound simple, but you can put so many different um, shapes on it, but I love that idea of what what could I do differently to make it even better because it's that's something I would love to find out from the people, even when I'm having, you know, for other leaders out there, even when I'm having a business development call with someone, I would love to find out, you know, when we had that conversation, what what went really well? Like, what did you find helpful? What questions? Mm-hmm. They might say, you asked those questions, what could I do differently? And they might give me something that is blatantly obvious to them that is a nugget that I can take and, uh, and and could be pivotal. So thank you for sharing those questions. I'm going to set that up for um, uh, in my surveys that I give people after I, after I meet with them, um, after I do a podcast with them, similar to what you said before, I think this is a great chance for me to, to learn from my uh, guests about how I can become an even better host. And I think there'll be a bunch of leaders out there who are just scribbling that down right now or writing it down in their, in their notes on their, on their phone to to ask that um that's it's it's a wonderful model I, 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 yeah, it's fantastic kevin honestly i'm not just saying that that's i think great. I'm, I'm glad you like it oh. again it, it it's an obvious thing but I, I i would to your listeners say just you know f- find situations you know at least one each week to do that and it may take mm. a couple times before people react uh, i know when i started asking that on my leadership team when i was the uh, the talent guy at general mills you know the first time or two they would give me some safe things but trust me by the third time i asked it they were prepared um, but if, if i may let me if, if i may just summarize a couple of things here the other thing Please. i did is i started looking at research 
on leaders that, you know, to ask these kinds of questions and live in the learning zone. And in addition to having fewer blind spots and not derailing as much, highly coachable leaders do well. I, we found one study, 50,000 leaders. This is one of your uh, former podcast uh, uh, guests, uh, Dr. Joe Folkman. Uh, yes. I, I've been working with his research. And they had a database at the time, 50,000 leaders. We looked at, we created a coachability index. We found that highly coachable leaders had much better ratings on 360s across 16 competencies. So you're seen as a better leader, higher levels of employee engagement on some other surveys. I saw higher levels of performance, um, throwability, all sorts of good things happen if you stay in that learning zone. The one that was most interesting is a little study I found, 300 mm. pairs of employees and leaders in a pharmaceutical company. Mm. And they were doing a lot of coach training and they valued coaching, but they were judging to what degree the boss was, the manager was a good coach, but also to what degree the employee was coachable. And the outcome variables they were looking at is performance, transfer of learning, agility, and promotability. Mm. And of the battle of what's more important, coaching or coachability, which one do you think won? As in the coachability. Their, now, their ability to coach I, I, versus I'm how coachable they are. How, how coachable. So again, I'm a, wow. I'm a big fan of good coaching and we should all be yeah. good coaches and do those things. But it's interesting that, you know, to some degree it's out of your hands. It, it's how coachable the other side is. And I think for all leaders, you can role model coachability. <laughs> Lots of good things happen. Uh, and, and there's been studies that you, greater agility, better performance. Lots of good things happen if you can stay coachable. Wait, you've got to, you've got to say that again in terms of that stat. So they found that if a, if the person the the key that made the bigger difference wasn't how good the person coaching was at coaching it was more about how coachable the coachee was right they had wow. they had an index they had the manager judge how coachable the employee was they had different factors there and then the employee rated you know to what degree the leader demonstrated the mm. coaching skills that were being taught and then they you know they had high coachable high coaching skill leaders low coaching skill leaders High coachable employees, low coachable. And then they looked at the variables about to what degree is this employee performing well, you know, wow. transfer of learning, learning things, and then agile. And yeah. coachability mattered more. But again, we don't talk about it. I'm, I'm going to end this with one thing. If you want to have fun, go to Google. And mm -hmm. there's a little search feature called Google Trends. Yes. And you can put in two terms and see the popularity. So one night I put in two terms. One term was, how do I give someone feedback? And the other one was, how do I receive feedback? <laughs> so, Jono, what do you think? Who won on that one? <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, 10 to 1. 10, 10 really? to 1. 10 so to we're one. All good. Now, by the way, yeah, you know, it's, it, it's nerve-wracking to give someone feedback. You want it to go well. I get that. The issue that I would bring up is, yeah, on the other side, if they were more coachable, wouldn't message giving go better? Mm. Um. And, and I, I don't want, it'd be interesting to see if, if the, I know you could cut it within states in the U.S. It'd be interesting to see if certain countries have track records on those two questions. But in the, the day, I think the notion is we don't spend enough time on coachability. And I think it's, a, it, I call it the leadership superpower. I'm in the middle of writing a book on it just to pass on all these techniques. Uh, I, I consider it to be the, the kind of the uncovered skill that the more we talk about it, the better things get. Let me end so. with... Um, if people want more information on the research, uh, the instrument, and, and other findings and some tips, I do have a little website called uh, thecoachableleader.com. That's all one word, thecoachableleader.com. Mm -hmm. Go there. Every, everything I'm learning, I'm trying to put up there and, uh, and, and happy to respond to people as well through that site.
Fantastic. Uh, Thecoachableleader.com. And uh, I'd love to give you an official invitation to come back for part two. I think uh, maybe once your once your book is out, do you have a timeline for that, Kevin? That's always a dangerous question to ask. <laughs> I, uh, well, well, I'm being coachable for my editor right now. <laughs> so I... I'm going through I'm going through because I want I, I don't want the reader to suffer. <laughs> a lot of good ideas. But yeah, so uh, I'm well, hoping I... by summer. Again, uh, a lot I of think, the material, um, you can go to my website. We've got things there. And yeah, yeah coachableleader.com. I think, I think you're, I, I'd, I'd just uh, encourage you, and I know you'd know this from the research, but everything you're saying, I, I'm just hearing it and going, I'm having a lot of aha moments here for myself. And it's funny because a lot of what I do is coaching, but coachability, I, oh, that's such, it's, it's such a profound word and it, uh, maybe other people don't think this, but I really love investigating this stuff and asking leaders, how do we, how do we find and keep amazing people on your team that are going, what's, what's one of the things you can, you can do? How do we, who are we looking for? And coachability. And the thing that came to mind as you were talking around some of the things you said is for leaders out there, if that you are going, and, and this would be my, my guess as with a lot of things, if you're the point leader of an organization, if you're the CEO or the head of school or um, the president, you're, you're probably going to set the ceiling for a culture of coachability. And one mm-hmm. of the most profound things you can do is if you can invest in becoming more coachable, um, probably by going and checking out some of your work and getting your book when that comes out, I think because we all can, can become more coachable, 10% more in the learning zone, love that. If you can become more coachable, what are you going to do? You're going to increase the ceiling. You're going to encourage your your current team to become more coachable, and then go and look for people to join your team who are coachable. That is that right there is if you can do those things as a leader, is going to solve a myriad of other smaller issues. I think so. I think so, and I love how you put it. Is it's sort of a, you're setting the ceiling as the senior leader, but really at any level. Uh, to demonstrate a little more curiosity with confidence, being in the yeah. learning zone, asking the two questions, uh, you know, responding well, reflecting, and then if it matters, you know, trying things, trying to act a little differently. Um, I think it has a big impact. And certainly in, in this, this crazy era we're living in where, I mean, you can't forecast what's going to happen next week. I That's think right. agility, I think learning are, are just um, prime values of leaders today. Yeah, I agree. Uh, well, for our listeners, thank you so much for tuning in. I know there's going to be a, a whole bunch of people jumping straight on that website. And uh, we I, I'd say to those listeners who are listening down the track after summer, um, you're very lucky because you might be able to jump straight in, straight on and find Kevin's book uh, when it's out because I definitely will be reading that and um, and can't wait to, to talk more with Kevin another time. Uh, for our listeners, don't forget, um, I also have the John O'White Leadership Podcast and Leadership Question of the Day, which is more content with just me giving you tips around leadership and how to cast vision and how to how to build teams and all those sort of things. But uh, to finish today, I just want to say a massive uh, thank you. This has been one of my favorite episodes so far because I feel like I'm just... Uh, well, to go with the theme of what we talked about, I've been learning so much and it's I can already see in my mind, I'm trying to focus on doing the podcast, but in my brain, I'm starting to pick all these handles and go, what if I actually, instead of focusing on that word, what if I twisted that and actually made that sort of framework have a focus on coachability? And so I've got these little fireworks going on in my brain in terms of my work. And, and I think this is 
uh, honestly very significant. And, uh, and I think your book is going to help a lot of people change a lot of lives and change a lot of organizations, honestly. So, uh, Kevin, it's been oh, just incredible. Thank you so much for coming on. Great. And I appreciate the opportunity. And hey, welcome to the Coachability team. Here we go. Well, I hope you enjoyed that episode of the Leadership Conversations podcast as much as I did. If you're joining us for the first time, don't forget to check out consultclarity.org. That's our website, consultclarity.org. We have so many free resources on there, including our seven questions on leadership series. We've had more than 1,500 leaders from all over the world in all different roles, in different industries, answer these seven questions on leadership and leaders give these in-depth answers around how they spend their time, uh, a book that's been significant for them. It's just a gold mine. It's completely free to access. So go to consultclarity.org and look for that. We'd also love to interview you about your leadership. I believe your experience, your life, your context means that you have advice on leadership that other leaders can learn from. Yes, you, if you're going, not me. Well, no, I really believe you would have something to add. So if you're looking for a way to give back, it's completely free to get involved. And we would love to interview you through the seven questions on leadership. You just go to consultclarity.org forward slash seven dash questions dash interest or Google consultclarity.org seven questions interest and fill out the form and get involved. We have a free resource on our website called the Leadership Survival Guide. It's a 57-page ebook, 10 world-class leaders giving their thoughts on leadership, and that's completely free. It's available on our homepage, consultclarity.org, right at the top. So make sure you go and get that and download it today. And we have a free daily email that you can subscribe to. We send this out to over 15,000 leaders from around the world. And uh, it contains the highlights of content from our podcasts, our blogs, um, our books, books we're reading. It's got the best content and it gives you exclusive, limited, early access to our masterclasses, workshops, new products, special offers. It's all for our subscribers. You can go to consultclarity.org forward slash subscribe and join 15,000 other leaders and, you know, my gift to you is to work really hard, particularly through the Leadership Conversations podcast. I have been blown away by the quality of the leaders, and I'm learning as much as anyone in doing these interviews. So I, I'm having a great time. And my gift to you is to keep lining up the best leaders I can to invest in your leadership. Your gift to me, if you're finding this helpful, there is something that you could do that would help us out massively, and that is to write a review and to leave a rating for our podcast or wherever you're watching or listening to this, I can't tell you how much that helps us out. Also subscribe or follow. It really does make a difference in helping us to help more leaders become everything they're meant to be. Another thing that means a lot to me personally is when I see our community share our content. So if you do share this or any other piece of content on social media, then thank you and, and please do that. And look for me, John O. White, or clarity and tag us in your post. Our team is always looking for posts to engage with from our community. And there's also a chance that we'll share your content uh, to go beyond and share it with our followers. Last of all, you can check out my book. It's called Step Up or Step Out, How to Deal with Difficult People Even if You Hate Conflict. 
I wrote this book because 50% of the coaching sessions I have with leaders, this topic comes up again and again and again. And it's this idea of how do I have this difficult conversation? How do I lead this person better when I'm finding them difficult? Or in some cases you look and you say, I think I might be leading a difficult person. They're just quite difficult to lead or I'm finding them quite difficult to lead. So there's a three-step process that I unpack in step up or step out. And the amazing thing, and I've literally done this myself and I've heard it anecdotally from other leaders as I've coached them, is that if you follow this process, you will see that person step up and change their behavior or make a decision, which is to step out some of the time. Uh, 95% of the time, people will step up or step out in just four weeks. And I stand by that. It's uh, You have to read the book to understand, but uh, I really do believe in it and I've experienced it firsthand. It works. So you can go to Amazon, look up Step Up or Step Out John O. White or store.consultclarity.org forward slash book. Well, thank you so much for listening. We're going to be back with a new episode next time of the Leadership Conversations podcast. And I hope today has helped you to take another step towards becoming the leader you're meant to be. See you next time.